Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It is Tuesday the 21st of June and today we're going international. We're talking about the push for Scottish independence, not something I knew a whole lot about before very recently. So I reckon it'll be an interesting one for all our Aussie listeners. Before that, Sam, we got some final news from the election and hopefully this is the last time we have to speak about it. This is kind of the first time we've had a fully settled Senate, so let me take you through it. Pauline Hanson's One Nation Party and Clive Palmer's United Australia Party, or the UAP, have each picked up one seat in the Senate at the federal election this year, and that's official. Hanson herself won a seat in Queensland, while a Victorian Senate seat was won by UAP candidate Ralph Babbitt. John Barillaro's posting as New South Wales's Trade Commissioner to the US will be the subject of an upper house inquiry. New South Wales opposition leader Chris Minns called the appointment a, quote, $400,000 a year job for a friend, while Premier Dominic Perrottet has maintained the Barillaro was offered the job after a, quote, rigorous global talent search by a recruitment agency. To swimming now, and swimming's global body, FINA, has voted to restrict the participation of transgender athletes in elite women's events. Under the new policy, transgender women must prove that they haven't experienced the physical development stages of male puberty or before the age of 12, whichever comes later, if they wish to compete in a women's competition. And today's good news, another topic I know nothing about. Australia has won their first World Cup of darts title on a historic night in Germany. The Australian duo Simon Whitlock and Damon Hedder defeated their Welsh counterparts on Sunday to become the fifth country to raise the trophy. Whitlock called the moment life-changing and called his colleague a great friend and the best player on the planet right now. I think you and I would be pretty good darts pairings. <laughs> what was your favourite part of the tournament? You were watching, right? Um, let's stick to podcasting. For today's deep dive, we're going to be talking about the big breakup that is on the world's lips at the moment. Zara, let's start by establishing the composition of the United Kingdom. And I'm going to test your knowledge of history here a little bit, but can you give us a crash course on Scotland's history with the UK? Okay, so the United Kingdom, or the UK, is a European country made up of four nations, which are England, Wales, Northern Ireland and Scotland. So geographically speaking here, Scotland makes up the most northern third of the island of Great Britain. It merged with England in the early 1700s, but has always fought to preserve its national identity in the face of what has sometimes been, let's call it a testy relationship with their southern neighbours. It actually took almost 300 years for Scotland to be granted its own legislature, which happened in 1999. But they are now once again looking at the possibility of breaking away as an independent nation. You've mentioned there's been a level of discontent brewing in Scotland for some time now. What's happened recently that has put this issue back in our focus? Yeah, so it's not every day that we're talking about Scotland in the Australian news cycle, but it came after Scotland's first minister, her name is Nicola Sturgeon, who's their leader, published the first of a series of paper that presents Scotland's argument to leave the UK. These are being prepared to give the Scottish people a resource that can inform their own opinions about independence from the UK ahead of an expected referendum in October next year. Not this year, next year. And just a reminder, a referendum is a vote put to the public with a single question. So, for example, here it would be on something like the Uluru Statement or on becoming a republic. There it is about this singular issue. 
So Sturgeon has been staunchly in favour of breaking away from the UK and has said that the move would give Scotland more autonomy over the country's decision-making. And she said it would make its people, quote, wealthier, happier and fairer. To be done legally, though, legislation must be passed in the UK Parliament, which will authorise the process and then legitimise the outcome. And is this the first time that the Scottish people have voted on their independence? There have been previous referendums regarding Scottish independence. Scotland went to its first independence referendum back in 2014. At that time, there were 55% of voters who chose to remain in the UK. And so if that's the case, what warrants another referendum on the same topic only nine years later, which is pretty short for another referendum? Uh, Well, the short answer is Brexit. Brexit came after a referendum in 2016 that asked the whole of the UK if they believed that the country should leave the European Union, the EU, which governs common economic, social and security policies for its member states. In that referendum, about 52% of voters chose to leave the EU and that paved the way for the UK to then withdraw from the organisation in early 2020. Crucially to this story, every electorate in Scotland voted to remain in the EU – So just to be clear on that, the majority of the public in Scotland wanted to remain as part of the EU, but because they're part of the UK, they had to leave. It's clear then that this caused a lot of anger and it laid the foundations for fresh talks about the country's autonomy and decision-making power, or according to some, a lack thereof. Now, this sentiment was spearheaded by Sturgeon, who, after the Brexit vote, called Scotland's removal from the EU, quote, democratically unacceptable. And she since said that the withdrawal has been, quote, deeply damaging to Scotland's interests. So like any government, there's always an opposition party. Is this call for independence receiving universal political support across the aisle? What's the opposition saying? So the opposition party is against this call for independence. The move to break away has been rejected by the Conservative Party, which forms most of the opposition to Sturgeon's National Party government. The leader of the Conservatives, his name is Douglas Ross, he said that the independence vote is, quote, the wrong priority at the worst possible time and and has accused the Scottish National Party of trying to divide the country. The people of Scotland want the focus to be on the huge challenges facing us. We want the focus of this government to be on creating better jobs and opportunities. We want the focus to be on improving public services. Instead, this SNP government just offers more distraction, disruption and division. It seems to be a relatively polarised discussion. Can you summarise the reaction that this push is having over the border in the UK? Well, the UK government, as you'd expect, has pushed back on this and overall has been pretty dismissive for the calls for independence. Boris Johnson, UK Prime Minister and leader of the UK's Conservative Party, has called for Sturgeon and her government to focus on the current issues being faced by her people, again, rather than focusing on this independence referendum. During a sitting of the UK Parliament just last week, Johnson clashed with the leader of the Scottish National Party in the House of Commons in Blackford, and that was over this issue of Scottish independence. Blackford said that Scotland was getting big enough, rich enough and smart enough to be independent and told Boris Johnson that Scotland couldn't afford to remain, quote, trapped in the failing Westminster system. It doesn't seem like a very united kingdom to me. That's all we've got time for on today's edition of The Daily Oz. If you want to catch up with news throughout the day, you can find us over on our Instagram page. It's where over 370,000 Australians get the news. Until then, we'll speak to you tomorrow.